This is NFL Nuts Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, Kirk Minahan, Rich Keith, and Christian Fourier. The ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. Welcome back to Not Sunday Podcast. Haven't one done, haven't done one of these in a while. No Kirk Minahan this week. No Christian Fourier. No Rich Keith. But we do have Mike Giardi. Mike, thanks for joining me. I didn't think I was allowed to do anything on WEI or any of its platforms anymore. So this is uh, it's quite the honor. Well, since I'm running the show, he can do whatever he wants. So that's why I brought you aboard. They'll probably scrub it though, Ryan. So just just be careful. Yes, with the way things go around here, yes, you can never be certain that things will actually make it onto the internet. But Lots of stuff happening this spring with the Patriots. I guess what stands out to you is the biggest storyline since the Super Bowl loss. Oh, it's, I mean, to me, it's still all about Tom Brady, and it's all about where Tom Brady's head is at. You know, like this has been uh, well, four months now, headed for month number five about this, um, this sort of the change of heart and the, the waffling about how important the game is and, and uh, you know, his commitment to the team which is clearly different than it has been. Um, to me, that is the story that has not gone away, didn't go away after he spoke to us at mandatory minicamp, didn't go away after uh, his his Oprah interview. I mean, it's to me, it's still very much front and center. I would agree. I would agree. Now, why do you think the sudden change? I mean, last year, you know, you, after the Super Bowl, you had him doing the Peter King interview saying you want to play until he's 45, he's all in, you know, no one trains harder than he does, you have to beat, you know, no, no, one, no one's like him, and now it's, you know, i got to spend time with the family, family's important to me, and you know, i got to make time for them. Why the sudden change? Yeah, it's an excellent question, and you, you have to, I mean, I if any of us had the answer to it, um, we would be shouting it from the rooftops. I think there's uh, several different ways you could go with this. I mean, clearly the first thing that, that comes to mind is just the the idea of this is a power play. You know, whether it's um, the you know not feeling appreciated enough, and whether the appreciation goes beyond Bill Belichick beating on him, you know, once or twice a week in, in meetings in front of players, or, or 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 not giving him sort of the the love and and the, the the respect around his teammates that he would like, or does that appreciation and this power play have to do with he's making, you know, I think what's the cash value of the contract this year, $16 million maybe? Around there, uh, yeah. Yeah, $22 million for a cap hit, but, you know, $15, $16 million for what he's bringing home. I mean, is that it? Is it all of a sudden he saw the guy that he beat back, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo get, you know, a ridiculous contract that made him the highest paid quarterback in the league. And then that got trumped by Kirk Cousins. That got trumped by Matt Ryan. That's going to get trumped by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, does he look at it and say, you know what? I've, I've, I've given and given and given. And now I want, I want, I want something in return. And I want, I want commitment from uh, maybe an extension or I want commitment just in terms of give me my number. Give me my, you know, I'm, I'm better than all three of those quarterbacks I just mentioned. So and, and I'm, I'm sure he believes he's better than Aaron Rodgers. So I want I want to be the highest paid guy, and that would be obviously a striking striking term for him. So that's the one thing, right? I mean, that's one thing you got to look at. The other thing is, you know, did did for whatever reason did the competitive fire get doused a little bit um, during this past year? You know, you start off the Tom versus time, and we all remember that because it was like Patriot porn yep. about like you better. I'm willing to give up my life you, to beat me. You better be willing to give up yours to the the end of Tom versus time, which was 
as deflating as all get out, and that's not a pun on previous uh, <laughs> incidents with, with Brady, but like, uh, you know, I don't why am I why am I getting acupuncture and having my my Achilles and my and my hand worked on, you know, three days after the season. Like, you know, there's so much more to the life than this. Like, so what the hell happened between point A and point B? Um, and, you know, I've heard many people say, well, you know, that's what happens. You do the thing right after the fact. Um, you do the interview and the, the emotion of, of the Super Bowl loss and, and what happened with Butler and all these different things. And, it, you know, you run it through your head. And I could see someone being downtrodden except the fact that that didn't come out three days after. He did the interview three days after, but if he had a change of heart, he could have told his guy, Chopra, like, hey, Ben, let's, no. Like, let's do this one more time. Mm. I don't want that out. I don't want that out there. He had no problem with that being out there, just like he had no problem with uh, him getting his rub down from Alex by the sterno cans. Uh, you know, uh, the fact that I mean, Bill wasn't even in the, in the piece. I don't know if Bill would want to be in the piece, but, I mean, we saw plenty of Josh McDaniels and, and none of Bill Belichick, like, I mean, he had editorial control on that. So I, I can't even can't even buy into into that as being a real possibility. Like you had you had time to recover from it and change what you said if you wanted to and you and you didn't. So I don't know. I just think there's uh you know, there's a lot of different things at play and you, he's not he, he, I don't feel like he's been open and honest about any of it. Um, at least when he's doing these wider spread things. Um, and I don't know how you can sort of interpret what it's all about, but I mean, I'm just going to lean to the fact that there's something happened between, you know, the beginning of the filming of Tom versus time to now and it, and you know, whatever meetings of the minds that they had, it hasn't been fixed yet. Right. And you know, in that time was that Alex Guerrero stuff. And obviously he's, you know, very important to, to Tom and they have a great relationship and he's, you know, gets a lot of credit for what he's done and so i'm sure that probably has something to do with it but my when i come back to the contract thing like if he had a new contract and was signed got more money and was signed past 2019 do you think he's at otas a good question um look i think he certainly would have been at otas if jimmy garoppolo was here and i know there have been plenty of people that pointed out that oh you know i've been told that regardless of you know i know i'm like respot into it uh, I know Curran has bought into it. Like, uh, he, you know, it wouldn't matter who was here. Um, he wasn't going to be here. Uh, to which I say, uh, you know, I'd like to have what you're smoking, you know, some of what you're smoking, because I just, I just don't believe that. I don't think that's who he is. And actually, you know what? If he did that and Jimmy was here, then that would almost be like a further proof that the, 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 the fire that burned within you is just not, not the same anymore. And that should worry that I mean it worries the hell out of you anyway, or it should. Um, and I think that just sort of reinforces it. Um, but I, I, I don't. I would hope not. I guess is my, is my best my best answer to that is I hope not. I hope if he got his contract, uh, and that was what was really eating at him, that he, that he would be here. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I think he's been very. Uh, very coy about some of the stuff that he's done and very vanilla with some of his answers. So I think it's really kind of hard to dig it at the the heart of the problem. And obviously, like you said, I mentioned, uh, you mentioned Guerrero. I, I just, I shouldn't have forgotten him in, in my whole uh, equation there earlier, but that, that certainly plays a factor. And I think you, you heard him talk about it 
in his interview with Oprah about the idea, like, well, you know, you know, as long as I continue to enjoy my training, you know, the, 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 the things that I do, and he had obviously gone out of his way to sort of make the point about how, well, you know, they're, they're very structured in the way they do things, but I found a way that works for me. So, I mean, that might have been the strongest answer he gave out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of just think that he's changed in the last year, and I kind of maybe take his words for what they are and about the family thing. I kind of do see a little bit to it where, you know, maybe Giselle is getting into him a little bit more. He sees his kids getting older. They're not, you know, young anymore, or they notice when he's not around as much. They notice when he's gone for the weekends and he's not at their stuff and that. And I kind of think that maybe he is, you know, starting to realize that he is missing a lot of his kids' childhood and, and maybe football isn't as important as it was, say, five years ago. I mean, I'm not saying he's not dedicated and not devoted and he's not going to, you know, try hard anymore. More, but I just think there is something to that that maybe he is, you know, giving in too much with football. And maybe he does need to to realize that there is more to football. And maybe you know, as he's forty years old, it's about being around his family and, and giving time back to them. I think there is something to that because I just think that he's brought family more and more this off season than ever, really, in his whole career. Yeah, but then that makes you wonder, like, what? what so, so two years ago, you know, he's. He's dealing with his mother's illness, and he, he misses the four games, and you're you're dealing with that whole part of the equation, and yet he turns around at the beginning of Tom versus Time and tells us, that, oh, he's still all in. Like, I mean, you couldn't have thumped your chest any louder and prouder about that. So, uh, and we obviously know, uh, I mean, as far as as far as we know, and obviously we saw his mother around the Super Bowl, but as far as we know, she's doing. She's doing well, um, so we don't we don't believe there's any uh, a relapse or any situation there. So it's just like, so what could have happened? You know, I mean, if you were going to reconsider everything, wouldn't last year have been the year you reconsidered it? You spent the four weeks off. You know, as he said, they got to jump on a plane and go to visit his mom. They got to go on a plane and go on vacation, and and you got to see some things that he doesn't normally get to see this time. You know, September. Um, he hasn't seen them for 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, wouldn't last year have been the year that that would have all come up? I think it's wouldn't more, last year I think have been the year you wanted to disconnect? I think it's his kids. I think it's his kids. They're they're getting older. They're, you know, starting to realize that, that their father, they just they just grow older, and it's different. I think it's easier to play football when you have younger kids, and now his kids are getting older and older, and maybe they're nagging on him. Maybe it's not just Giselle. Maybe it's the kids, too. I, I think there's something more to that. Yeah, but I, I, all right. So that that's fair. So you you go through the grind from July whatever until well the way they play until late January, early February, and then there's that period of uh, look. You're never disconnected. They're pro athletes. They're paid to be in shape, uh, and and a large majority of them do that, and they they take care of their bodies. But so you got two months where you're not doing anything football related, other than you're just training and you're rehabbing where you're free to go wherever and do whatever. And then I think we all looked at the OTA situation and said, I'm okay with him missing the first couple uh, weeks of it. I mean, I love him to be there. I, I mean, I think as the quarterback of the team, you should be there. But at the age of 40 going on 41, if you want to tell me, he and, he and Belichick just looked at each other and said, you don't need this. You don't need this. Just be back when we start doing real football stuff. You don't need to be here for the lifting and the and, and the stuff overseen by Moses Cabrera. Like, okay, we know you're taking care of your body. You're doing your thing. That's fine. 
But when we start football stuff, especially when we start that, that next wave where we're doing actual 11-on-11 stuff, and we got a bunch of new receivers. And you're our, you're our guy. You need to be here. So then you could have bought yourself almost another month there. So it's like, I don't know, that's like a teacher's job. It's, no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's you're off, true. You're off for the summer. So, I mean, how many, how many people don't want to go back to work? You, you, it's part of the gig. How many teachers probably don't want to teach summer school? In some cases, it's part of the gig. I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, God knows when football season's over, I want to disappear. But it's not part of the gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not allowed. I mean, look, I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not trying to compare myself. But I'm just saying in general, as a rule, it's just like, I think there's enough downtime in there that you can still be uh, a good father and a, and a good husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us have those challenges in our life where we're trying to do those sorts of things. And uh, I realize his wealth and his status affords him maybe some some more uh, slack than the rest of us get. But I don't know. I just it's striking to me the change, and and I'm 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 really interested to see how it sort of impacts him and impacts the team. And hell, I'm just I'm sort of interested to see really what this is all about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. One final point, sort of tangent on Brady to wrap it all up. When do you think this ends? How many more years do you think he has left? To me, if they win the Super Bowl one of these next years, I think he's done. I think he, he's the type of guy that might realize that it might be best to go out on top. You know, what, what more is there to, there to accomplish? You know, why put your body through it for another year? I think if they win the Super Bowl in the next two years, he's done. Yeah, I mean, I think I got, you know, I think the, the, the pipe dream of playing until 45, um, I mean, which I always thought was a little crazy anyway. Uh, I, I, I'm, that's completely off the board for me. I think it's year to year now. I don't know what this year is going to look like. If he's as unhappy uh, as it seems that he was, you know, as we sort of filtered out in the, since the end of the season, I don't know if he'd put himself through that again. If if he, if the this year is similar to last year. Mm-hmm. Another big topic this off season has been Rob Gronkowski. You and Tom Curran were pretty much all over it. You know, last couple weeks or so. What, what do you think that you know trade was all about? Like, wh- why were they trying to to deal him away, and, and what could they have possibly gotten in return? I'm assuming it, w- it would have been draft picks, am I right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, my understanding was that they were was very much in conversations about getting up on getting up into the top ten in the draft, and uh, you know, if that meant even using another pick, uh, another one of their first uh, two first round picks to help sort of make that happen, that that would have been something that they would have considered. Um, now, what the target was going up, my understanding was quarterback, but I've heard some other people say McGlinchey. Um, but, I mean, m- mostly what I've been told was that there was there was an affinity for a couple of quarterbacks in this draft, and they were willing to do it. And could you have only imagined what would have happened then, by the way, had they done that and traded up into the top ten and drafted, say, I don't know, Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how Tom Brady would have felt about all that. But so, look, I think the the timeline is, uh, it can't be, for anyone who wants to deny it, I know Robert Kraft called it hogwash, mm-hmm. but I think when you listen to his quote, I think more of the hogwash was that he put the kibosh on the deal. Um, and I think that's sort of a third real topic for him. I don't think he wants to be known as that guy. And whether or not, you know, I think that's part of his... Um, refuting some of the stuff that went on in the Brady Garoppolo timeline last fall. Uh, so to me, that's more of what he was issuing the hogwash to than anything. You look at the timeline, 
Gronk's unhappy. Gronk's throwing it in, in Belichick's face on social media. Every chance he gets about his training and you know he wants the he wants money and the whole nine yards. Which we're forced to read into because he didn't just come out and say it. Um, but it's pretty clear when we finally talked to him that that's exactly what he was, what he wanted. Both the training, which he kept repeating over and over again, and the money, which he clearly wants. Um, that they said, all right, well, this isn't going to work. We're not going to do this. Then he, you hear the Brady gets wind of it. Brady floats out or has his people float out to Schefter. Well, he hasn't exactly said he's going to play this year. Wait, what? So I think that's where you sort of get the, well, Brady threatened to retire. Well, Brady was pissed about those conversations. You have that. Then you have the monster press conference. Two days later, you have to come to Jesus meeting between uh, Belichick, Rosenhaus, and Gronkowski. Gronk not only reaffirms his desire to play, but to play for the Patriots. And that's all Bill needed to hear. And then there you go, Thursday's the draft. He's no longer on the table um, or no longer in discussions. I know that they're also refuting that, discussions versus on the table, which I'm sorry, but if you're talking to other teams about this player, this isn't just a, oh, teams call about other players all the time. No, this is you making phone calls to other teams and sort of handpicking. He wasn't going to get the Jamie Collins treatment, but handpicking the teams that you want to talk to and might be willing to do deals with. Um, I think that says a lot about you know that situation. I don't think it was BS. I think they feel obviously better that they had that meeting and that he's at least right now on the football team. And we, I'm assuming it's going to stay that way, although you, you never know with him and how he might act, Gronkowski, if he doesn't get that deal, which has been rumored to be in the works for a while. But um, I think there's... There was no hogwash to that. That was that was real, and it could have been uh, could have been spectacular in a, in a lot of ways. Could have blown up in their face. Who knows? But uh, certainly an interesting time and in what has been an interesting off season. I'm totally with you. I think that you know that Adam Schefter weird report from the middle of April makes a heck of a lot more sense now than it did at the time. Because at the time we were kind of wondering what is this all about? Why why is this even a thing? And it was pretty clear to me, at least right now, that. Brady's camp wanted to get that out there, and it, the Rob Gronkowski thing was right around that same timeline. So it, it only makes perfect sense. So what else could it have possibly been? So you're, you're, I'm fully on board with you. Now the question I have about Gronk is, how does this impact him now? Like he's already sort of, you have to be careful around to begin with, as he's you know sensitive to some things. You know, how does he feel that they wanted to trade him? Like does this negatively in fact impact his you know? The way he acts, the way he approaches things, like you know, this this all came out after mandatory mini camps. We haven't you know talked to him or seen him since. Like, what do you, how do you think this impacts his mindset? I I think he I think he knew. I think he knew. I mean, look, I, for all the talk about you know, is he smart? Is he not smart? Is he a good businessman? Whatever. Like, uh, Rosenhaus is pretty well plugged in with the Patriots. They you know that's why he doesn't tend to go against the the stream with them and won't speak out about some of the things that go on there. I mean, you you remember obviously Super Bowl week when he's doing his interview with Florio and he and Florio have a pretty good relationship and he wouldn't, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not letting I'm Patriots don't want this stuff to be out there. I'm not putting it out there publicly. Um, but I, I think Gronk knew. I think he, I think he, and I look, not only do I think he knew he'd be foolish to not, think that it would be out there, that his name would be out there. If you're going to act like that um, versus this organization and that and that coach and the way that coach runs his program, even if you are a special talent 
you have to know that you are risking, um, you know, finding yourself like Jamie Collins, finding yourself getting shipped out of out of uh, out of New England and to some other organization. And like I said, it, I don't think that the teams that they were having discussions with it would have been a punishment, but um, maybe for Gronkowski not playing with Tom Brady is all the punishment that he needed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I was leading to next. Like I don't. I don't know where what Gronkowski's future necessarily holds, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's tied to Brady. I mean, say Brady retires, you know, after one of the next two seasons, it's almost kind of making sense that Rob Gronkowski might step away as well. Because I mean, there's been you know some leaks here and there that you know Gronk wants to play with no other quarterback besides Tom. You know, they're sort of in the same you know wavelength, being year to year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're sort of a package deal that maybe when one one of them leaves, maybe the other leaves as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I think that that Rob Rob is like Brady, closer to the end, much closer to the end than probably anyone would have thought, even with all the injuries, because you just know how much he loves football. But I think that he, you know, with all this other stuff that's coming up, um, the opportunity to get out a little bit early um, and make some money doing something maybe a little bit less physically demanding and a little bit more, uh, a little less uh, risky for your health. And not necessarily WWE, but certainly uh, the potential to act, which I think he's going to be a terrible actor, but whatever. <laughs> um, that, 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 you know, might help make it easier to walk away from the potential of making $10 million a year. Uh, he, he, he never struck me, even years ago, before all this nonsense happened, he never struck me as someone who was going to hang on and play till he was 35. I just think there's too much physically. There's been too much there for for me to even think that's probably even viable for him physically. Um, and then now you get the the all the sort of palace intrigue and all the different stuff that's gone into it, and some of his new uh, avenues of expressing himself uh, professionally. I think yeah, it makes a lot of sense that when one goes, the other might for sure. follow right away. All right, now some couple on field, you know, actual football stuff. Is there are there any guys that stand out to you that might be potential danger of being, a, you know, a surprise cut come the the summer? I think first of all, we got to look at Jason McCourty, right? I mean, just just based on how odd that was to see um, him not get any reps, um, basically at all during the course of of minicamp, mandatory minicamp, and the OTAs and things of that nature, and. Um, that would be an interesting move because I think he still has football left in him. I think if you, you know, forget about what pro football focus says. If you know football, you plug in some of the games from last year with Cleveland, and he played at a pretty good level. Um, you know, is he is he um, is he a Pro Bowler? No, but I think he is a sound veteran football player. Like I, I have, I'd have more faith in him than Eric Rowe, mm-hmm. but uh, that's me. I don't know what they see. I know they he's got a lot of JC Jackson. Uh, during the course of this off season, and whether that's uh, a real belief in the kid or this is just Bill trying to see what he's got. He knows what he's got in McCordy. He knows what he's got in Rowan. He wants to see what some of the younger kids can do. Um, I don't know, but I think you, you'd be foolish not to have Jason McCordy at least on your radar based on how the off season went. And even McCordy couldn't give a real good answer for, for what was happening there. So he's someone that I would definitely – uh, point to and look at as someone with the potential of, uh, you know, being being a goner in August at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, like Do you think Cyrus Jones makes this team? 
That's interesting, right? Because I mean, you, I mean, we haven't seen him. And when we last saw him, he, he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't doing anything to uh, to impress anybody. I think really for me, Cyrus's thing is going to come down to forget about playing corner. Can you be the punt returner? Yeah, I was just going to say that that they thought that you were going to be because if he can be that guy, then he's on the team. But to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, and then you know you see you see if he can still play corner or at least in a pinch you have him there as a as a as an extra defensive back. Um, but I don't I, I don't know. I mean I we haven't we haven't seen him and when we did see him we didn't really like him. So um, we'll have to he'll be closely watched I think this this summer to see if. Um, he finally lives up to some sort of the billing and salvages a career that has certainly been uh, littered with all kinds of landmines here in the first couple of years. I think the Edelman suspension helps him a bit because all he has to really do is prove he can you know, return kicks and be just somewhat serviceable as, as a cornerback and have his primary job be you know, the punt returner because they don't really have anybody else on the roster that can do it. And we saw you know, Chris Hogan doing it during you know, OTAs and minicamp. That didn't go over very well. I think the, the Braxton Berrios ho- hype is, is overhyped. I don't know about you, how you feel about him, but I, I don't see him making an impact at all. On the team this year, I think he's more of a redshirt guy. Maybe try to sneak him onto the practice squad. I, I just don't see him, you know, being on the team at all. Do you? What, what do you think about I, him? I like him as a player, but again, I we, we don't know. We, we didn't get to see, you know we didn't get to see him in the mandatory part of minicamp. Uh, you know, he was working on the lower field. So I want to see him. I want to see what it looks like when when they got pads on. When they get a little bit more competitive during training camp, but, you know, I, like I've, I've said it a million years, and I've argued with people and fought with people, and uh, you know what what you see in the spring. Um, Bill always says it's a teaching camp. Oh, I don't think you learn a ton of what what's going on there. Um, you know, something like McCordy not being out there at all. Okay, that raises a little bit of uh, your your gets on your radar for 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 camp, but I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't really say anything about what he is as a player until I actually see him start to go to work and, you know, maybe if he gets some reps with the ones, we see what he's all about. I mean, last year we went through the whole Austin Carr thing, yeah. and I remember, like, on day two, I'm like, you guys are – he's not even making the team. Mm-hmm. What are you, crazy? He's making catches and he gets open. I'm like, he's just not – you could tell he wasn't – to me, he wasn't, he wasn't quick enough and athletic enough to be that guy. Barrios has those – tools i think now the question is is can he can he manage to get by with his size because he's even smaller than i think he's lifted at and like i said can he adjust to the speed which we won't know until you know things pick up in august that actually leads me to my next point we couldn't do a podcast without bringing up jimmy garoppolo i don't know if you've seen the reports from san francisco about him last week but i don't know if things went as smoothly as you might have hoped there you know he said that he missed 11 of his last 16 passes in the final session made the offense false start four straight times i don't know how that's even possible but it was it was written um what are your, what are your thoughts on garoppolo you know is should we just you know not make any you know sense of this you know the struggles because it is mini camp and as i'm agree full agreement with you stats mini camp are useless they don't really matter um, but what do, what do you think? Is it you know a case of maybe you know the he might be getting a little bit to the new contract? and might be thinking too much. He wasn't really a big practice player here in New England, so maybe it's, it's the same type of deal. What's your take? Yeah, I uh, he's had some stink bombs for sure in, in practice that we saw. Um, 
even last year, obviously, which he was a big topic of conversation with Scott Zolak making some of the comments he did about him on the radio and whatnot. I think he is a, uh, I think he is someone who definitely does better when the lights are on. Um, I also like the idea that it may have been a shit practice, pardon my French, but that, you know, all right, we're all staying. You, me, offensive line, receivers, like, we've got to get this right because that's embarrassing. We can't do that. So he may have been responsible for some of it, but he was willing to, we're going to try to correct this, and we're going to correct it as a group. Um, so, look, I, I don't, if I can flip this, on Wednesday and Thursday, I thought of the mandatory minicamp. I didn't think Brady looked very good. But after day one, when everyone was like, oh, he changed everything, the energy changed, and, you know, we got the stat geeks with the stat, their numbers, like, well, what about Wednesday and Thursday? Because I thought he was sort of flat, and there was a lot of balls on the ground that were not, you couldn't say, oh, that's because he and Jordan Matthews aren't on the same page. Well, that's because he and Kenny Britt aren't on the same page, which, by the way, you could get on the same page if you were working with him nonstop for the last seven weeks, but because the quarterback was off. So, I don't know. Like, am I worried about Tom Brady in September throwing, uh, you know, having one of those days where he was like Garoppolo's five for 16 and a bunch of uh, false starts? Yeah, not really. I'm not really worried about Jimmy either. What's your over-under for 49ers wins? What, what do you think they're, they're going to be this year? That's a tough division. I'm gonna say, I, think, I think Vegas had them at, at eight, I think. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I think nine and seven. I think some of the, some of the height, I, I really think it's a difficult division, even though Seattle's going through some things, obviously. I still think with Russell's one of the seven or eight best quarterbacks in the league, so I think that gives him a chance, and I think he's got some weapons there. Uh, Baldwin, obviously, uh, Lockett. There's some there's some good players there. They drafted a kid in the first round. See what Penny, what he's all about as a running back and a pass receiver. But I I think I, I still take the over because I think they're building something good there. I, I I know people like to make fun of Kyle Shanahan for the for the way the uh, the Super Bowl ended up going. He's a good coach. But I yeah I think they're building something. I think there's good trust between the GM and the, and the head coach. I think we've seen how important that is. I think I like what they've done with their their draft picks. Um, they built some strength up front. I like the idea that they went and got McGlinchey to help protect them. I just think that they're building that team in the right way. And, uh, I, you know, he's going to lose some games this year. <laughs> he's not, he's not going to remain undefeated as a starter. Um, but I think they'll be right around there, nine and seven. I could see 10 and six, I suppose, depending, mm-hmm. depending on some of the use of that team and how they, how they transition and depending on how he does. Cause I'm sure there'll be some, there'll be some periods, you know, where it's not going to look, like they want it to look like he wants it to look, but I think there's just too much talent there with that quarterback, and I think there's a pretty good marriage between him and the him and the coach. Going to do a podcast though. Bring Jimmy up. Just going to do it. Well, I love it. Uh, I talk Jimmy. I'll talk Jimmy all day. Of course, of course. That's all I got for you, Mike. Enjoy uh, some time off, some cape, some some beach, some, some surfing, and before you know it, we'll be sitting on beach towels watching Patriots <laughs> Patriots training camp. We most certainly will. If I taught you anything, Cannibal, over the years, it's that you got to bring a beach towel to training camp. Well, it's, the only way to sit on, it's the only way to sit on the hill and watch things. I think we're the only two that actually do it, and we do it right. Yep, we're smart. And everybody's like, hey, you got a room on the beach towel for me? No. That's right. You're out. That's well, right. I'll let Andy Hart in there, just because. Just, just because he's easy to make fun of. <laughs> All right, Ryan. All right, Mike, thanks a lot.